Hello, and welcome. Coming to you from under the stairs somewhere in a little whinging, I'm Josh. And I'm John, and this is One Smooth Butterbeer. I bet it is. But this is the Geek ETC Podcast, where we dive into all things you can geek out about. And this week, we're geeking out about Hogwarts Legacy. Yes, but, we are. Uh, before we dive into that, you had something a second ago you wanted to bring up to me. Right, right. So, a couple things I've noticed and uh, some stuff to mention. Here lately, for some reason, I've seen a lot on either social media posts or videos. Um, a lot of people referencing that it, when something bad happens, that they say they take, you know, 2d12 psychic damage. That I'm noticing it become a very colloquial, socially used term to take psychic damage. Referencing, obviously, Dungeons and Dragons, you know, that is a damage type, you know, alongside piercing... Uh, Acid, force, right. fire. Bludgeoning, all that sort of piercing. stuff. Piercing, yeah. Yeah, psychic damage, um, obviously a thing that just, you know, you take it in your head, in your mind, you know, it hurts you mm-hmm. on a mental level. Yeah, I've just seen a lot um, how that's here lately with the rise of the popularity of D&D here lately, especially the rise also in some of those terms like that, making their way into the kind of normal nomenclature. Yeah, it's definitely becoming part of the uh, the lexicon. Some of those things are. I have not seen any of those posts there, but I myself might post something like that because there's a few times I've heard some people say some pretty silly things or I've listened to some stuff that was a little too stupid for my own ears. And <laughs> I honestly probably did take a, a D4 of psychic damage. You probably did, but keep an eye out for that. I guarantee, you know, now that you're aware of it, it's one of those things, um, similarly, if I've had someone just come up to me and say, you are now aware that you're breathing. And then you stop, you stop breathing yeah. automatically. And then you become self-aware of it and you start thinking about it and you notice you start breathing harder. And it's just one of those automated, you know, subconscious responses that you don't think about typically aren't you glad somebody can doesn't come up to you and say your heart you're beating your heart automatically right you just die (laughs) that's exactly just kill over that's it that Um, would be tough you know psychic damage is very interesting to me because it is you know in dungeons and dragons there are spells you can cast and the, the damage types for those can be anything from like fire ice acid force damage which is just kind of like this really powerful you know quote unquote force but psychic damage itself is one of those things that is a lot of monsters and a lot of creatures that you would fight aren't immune to it and Mm -hmm. you know i think of it it's almost like damage to the brain itself you know i imagine it would be piercing and cold and you would get these headaches or like eating too much ice cream quickly (laughs) <laughs> that that would be like not even a point, you know, it's, it's right. approaching that. It's that piercing cold feeling, you know, almost, uh, you know, we have a character in, in our campaign that we play that, ha- that is a Psy Knight, right? Psy right. Warrior fighter yeah. class. And when that character does stuff, sometimes I talk about the nose bleeding, you know, very strangers thing esque where, you know, all of that stuff up in your head that's where you feel it from so mm-hmm. even like little things like um for those of not are not familiar with dungeons and dragons there's different classes right so one of those classes uh like the bard yeah. okay the bard is a is a class they use their power of song or writing or oratory mm-hmm. right to to channel magic magic charismatically yes the, the power of their like the force of their will channels that and um 
there is a spell, a very low-level spell, called Vicious Mockery in there. Yes, and you've used it many times. I have, I have. But it, it is one of those things where when, you know, oftentimes it's used in Dungeons & Dragons. It's like, hey, I'm going to say this funny retort after somebody does something or mm-hmm. towards somebody, and they're going to take, you know, 1d6 psychic damage. Mm-hmm. But realistically, you are shredding their mind. You are tearing into their very mind. And as you get more powerful, once you reach 5th level and you're doing 2 dice, once you reach 11th mm-hmm. level and you're doing 3 dice damage, right? You are shredding into that person's brain. And as written, you know, in the monster manual or even the player's handbook, a commoner has 4 HP. Everybody that's walking right. around in cities right. has 4 health points. And at level 1, a bard can kill you with an insult. <laughs> Jeez, that's some that's some powerful words. Yeah. So you know, to 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 us, you know, if we've seen a video or like you know L or somebody like that from Stranger Things, and she's she's killing these soldiers, you know, she's she's dropping them dead. You know, in the Dungeons and Dragons world, you can do that with a really silly insult. Right. See, for me, psychic damage, to me, it's more of a, you know, almost every other damage type, there is a physical aspect to it. You know, something that you are physically affecting the other person's, you know, biology in some way or another. You're either freezing them, you're piercing them, you're, you know, catching them on fire. But to me, I always thought psychic damage was the one that had no physical actually element to it, that you're attacking their, you know, their consciousness, you know, in its wholeness, that you're affecting purely their, their internal, you know, mind and internal being. On a, on a much deeper level. I like that as well, yeah. you know. And you essentially, you know, cause them, you know, a, a wrenching pain, but it may be from, you know, heartache or depression or fear that you've caused, that you've put in their mind, and that's causing them pain, which may translate to physical pain, but, I mean, a body without the mind couldn't exist anyway. So really just affecting the central nervous system in general. In a way, possibly, yeah. Yeah. But yeah, um... Uh, keep an eye out for psychic damage. I, I guarantee you, you'll you'll see it pop up from time to time. Here it comes in my social media posts. <laughs> You're going to see a ton of it. Yeah, all the comments will be taking psychic damage, this and that. Also, you've got me hooked on these ghost energy drinks. Not a sponsor. Not a sponsor yet. But I haven't, I've never really been a big energy drink, energy drinker, I should say. Um, and mostly because the ones that I had had, they had, often had, you know, a ton of sugar, a ton of other either, you know, dyes or artificial coloring and all this stuff, and none of that stuff's good for you. And it, oftentimes, you know, the energy you'd get from the caffeine and stuff, it'd make you feel super jittery or you'd have kind of a crash afterwards. But uh, you introduced me to these things, and, you know, they're like supernatural. They don't, they're not supernatural, I should say. <laughs> they, 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 they have natural, they don't have like they're dyes. He, they're health There's, potions. They're health potions. <laughs> yeah. 2d6 plus four guys. Right. Uh, no, you know, yeah, I, I found them at like a, at a vitamin shop and I was like, oh, this is interesting. And man, I, well, uh, here's the thing guys. I'm, I'm a sucker for sour. Mm. I love sour things. I love warheads. I like lemon flavored things. And when I saw that they had a warhead flavored energy drink, I said, I want that. Well, that's the thing is the flavors on them, they have like Sour Patch flavors. They have Creamsicle, um, Warheads, a lot of stuff, a lot of actually branded things 
um, such as candy and stuff like that. Yeah, you know, well, you know, a lot of them do too. Like the C4s have like Starburst flavors and I think uh, uh-huh. other things, but they're not as, it doesn't taste as good. So if you like, uh, I will say this, we're not a sponsor and no kickbacks for us, but obviously because it's a huge brand and this is episode, you know, this is this is an early episode for us. Yeah. But that being said, the um, if you like uh, wa- watermelon uh, warhead, yeah. you know, and you're like, I want, I want to drink that. Ghost Energy Drink is where you go to. Yeah, they're pretty awesome. And I like it because, again, there's no sugar or anything in it. So, you know, you won't get any uh, inflammation in your muscles from extra, too much extra sugar and any of that kind of stuff. Um, yeah, it's only got like, what, 10 calories, I think? Yeah, 10. So I'm going, I went from never drinking energy drinks to now I've had, you know, a few this week. So thanks. I yeah. appreciate that. I can see. It looks like you are actually working on becoming maybe a Tempest cleric because I see a little electricity coming out of well, you. Maybe. Maybe uh, I need to settle out on the energy drinks and I might explode. Um, but speaking, so, uh, so so sorry for getting you hooked, but <laughs> speaking of getting hooked on things, so this week, uh, this weekend, and, and possibly if you have the special edition, mm-hmm. you can have already played it, Hogwarts Legacy comes out. And we, you know, this is not going to be a video game, all all video game podcast by any stretch. We're going to go into a lot of different things, books and paranormal, and you know everything that it says in our about section. But right. that being said, this is one of those games that everybody's been excited about for a while. It's been put off a few times, and now it's just here within our grips. So, um, right, there's never really been. Um, I mean, there's been a longing for a Harry Potter game for a very long time, and, and there's been the smaller ones that have came out. You know on you know older playstations or xbox or even things for many years but none of them are, were really good you know they all seem like they were lacking in some way well there's there's the there's even the meme like the ps1 you know the ps1 dumbledore oh <laughs> so it's a polygon or that like the <laughs> i'm the, feeling the image of uh hagrid oh sorry yes the hagrid who did i just say dumbledore. dumbledore oh my goodness hagrid is what it was yeah. i feel like ps1 hagrid i forgot and about that, that picture yeah you're yeah, right that's well i did too until you mentioned it honestly <laughs> that was a pretty good ad lib there um so guys hogwarts legacy so Hogwarts Legacy is an immersive open world action RPG set in the world first introduced in the Harry Potter books. For the first time, experience Hogwarts in the 1800s, late 1800s actually. Your character is a student who holds the key to an ancient secret that threatens to tear the wizarding world apart. Now you can take control of the action and be at the center of your own adventure in the wizarding world. Your legacy is what you make of it. And... Um, Sounds pretty cool. It does. We've seen some gameplay of it. We've seen some teasers. We've seen some demo stuff, and it looks really neat. Um, it definitely has its own art style to it. I feel like I feel like it's intentionally realistic, but still kept animation. Um, the the essentially. So here's what's going on. You are a fifth year student in the late 1890s. Yes, you've been. I think you've been. You've transferred from somewhere else into this school. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. I think I saw that in a preview that you've transferred from some other school into the into um, Hogwarts. And so, and so, for example, so Harry Potter takes place from 1991 to 1998, and then the other Hogwarts stuff that we have out there, or you know, in that same arena, like the the 
Grindenwald series, the Fantastic Beasts and oh, you know, yeah. Crimes of Grindenwald series, yeah. those took place in the 1920s. So we're looking at at least 30 to 40. This is the, some of the earliest stuff we've actually got our hands on for it. And it really allows you to kind of create your own character that, you know, why aren't I mentioned in these other things, you know, because it's 30, 40 years ago. So I'm excited about that. For right. Sure. And, uh, and I've seen in, in some of the previews about it that, you know, because it's so old, there's not, obviously, you, you know, won't be many recurring characters, you know, from these other series and stuff. So it'll be a lot of new faces, new teachers. and um, But there could be some of the Hogwarts ghosts that uh, linger around the school. Some of those may be floating around in some of the areas to find, to talk to. Yeah, I believe, I've seen like the uh, almost headless horseman guy, you know, like the almost headless, oh, yeah. what's his face? You know, he I've seen him in there. So that's pretty dope. Uh, it looks really good. Um, yeah, but, and you'll be able to, they have a, it seems they have a pretty good character customization and as well, you can change your voice, your body type and accessories such as glasses and stuff. And I think you get to choose your house. So the sorting hat, I believe oh. that's part of it. You're going to get, and I'm not sure if the sorting hat will take into account, maybe some like some early RPG sliders, like, well, maybe you answer some questions and then the sorting hat will send you there. But I, I imagine they'd probably, because people, you know, people have such passionate feelings about the different uh, uh, houses that I feel like it would let them choose. Because if someone well, wants to, you know, super into Hufflepuff, they would might want to play Hufflepuff. Well, that that is true, but it is said it is said in the actual like series itself. Like even if it says, you know, this is you know in the epilogue, which takes place in two thousand seven, I think is when Harry Potter is taking his kid to, you know the train station to, to go to Hogwarts. Mm -hmm. And he says, what if I get put in Slytherin? And he's like, there's lots of great wizards that come from Slytherin. Um, but remember you can always choose. Like you still have it. The, the, the sorting hat oh, will take your choice. Really? Into so I think it would be actually interesting if you were like, I'm kind, I'm this, I'm that maybe. And that affected your stats. Or it gives you some of the same sort of, uh, interview questions you'd see on job applications when you do the multiple choice, you know, yeah. a, a behavioral assessment or whatever. Yeah. Or, you know, if you in, were in this situation and had a, an altercation with another employee, you know, how would, what would be your reaction? Yeah. And, and the sorting hat would put you in your house and then it would be like, you can change it to whatever, you know, but it would be right. interesting if it did, if it had a little bit of that, but either way you get to pick. Um, yeah. I, and, do, I do know that um, they have all those locations in the game of the different houses and you can visit them all. And I think I saw it reference where it could, you know, the the situation could be where you may not be able to visit all of them on one playthrough. That's right, because you can not everybody can go to other person's common room. That was so. a, yeah thing in the lore is that if you know if you're in uh, Hufflepuff, you can't go to Ravenclaw's dorms and stuff. You're not uh, allowed to go in there. Yes. So it may be the same deal where you might would have to do as another playthrough to be able to access certain locations of the castle. And from what we're seeing, it looks like another playthrough might be a fun thing. So speaking of those four houses, are you aware of like that they have some elemental to them? They have a little bit of an elemental factor to them. Uh, no. And I will say right off the bat too, that I'm not super well versed in the world and universe of Hogwarts as it is. I've seen, I've seen the movies probably once um, through all, I guess seven and a half or however many there were. I've seen the movies. I've never read the books. I hadn't really played any of the other games, so I'm not super deep in a lot of the lore in it. Well, get ready to learn, Josh. Uh, you know, I am not um, as, as uh, I'm not like a super fan. You know, I don't have, which, you know, props to you. You know, there's so many awesome nerds out there who have their, their Gryffindor, you know, um, 
what do you call it? With uh, scarfs and stuff, oh, they wear right, around right. their necks, and they they have everything thing like that, and they have yeah. their cool parties and and all that. And I love it. I'm I'm down for it. You know, in in school when it was popular, I didn't actually read it. I was more of a Redwall series by Brian Jacques, and hmm. um, but you know, I got into it later and. I really love the movies. The movies are one of those things that we talked about in our very first episode. Mm -hmm. We said, Hey, if it lowers your blood pressure, if it makes you feel good, that's a good movie. Or, you know, that's, that's something that's fun a, to it's do. a Christmas movie. It's a Christmas movie. And to me, the ultimate, um, the ultimate blood, blood pressure medicine is the Harry Potter movies. When I put in the first one or why I watched the first one, I don't have, I've got streaming services. So <laughs> I don't need to put in the VHS. My, I don't have to put the VHS in, but when I when I turn it on, be kind. Rewind. Oh my goodness! When I turn it on, it makes me feel better. It gives me like lowers my anxiety and and kind of like some other activities I like. I really just kind of just kind of focus. I can just kind of veg out with it yeah. in the background. Even the stressful moments, like you know, fighting the basilisk, or right. you know, well, I even say even. Um, even though I've only kind of seen the movies maybe once, a couple of them maybe you know twice on, popped up on TV, that beginning music, that kind of signature Harry Potter theme that plays, that sparks so much nostalgia in the, me, and, and and to me it just instantly puts me in the kind of Christmas mood because I remember going to the theater with my family around Christmas to see this magical new movie that I and again because I I had no idea they were books or that they were books and stuff, so I you know, hadn't read them. So I didn't know anything about it. So going into these movies was a completely blind experience as a kid. And you know, well, yeah, and exactly. And it's also, it's also one of those movies where I don't hate the children actors. Well, well, on top of that, um, that, that was a kind of relatable thing because when it came out, we were similar ages to the kids in the movie from what I, it may have been a couple of years off, but you know, as the movies came out, you know, they grew up as we grew up. And so you could kind of, you know, we're growing up with these movies and could relate in that aspect into some of this, you know, even just interpersonal struggles they were dealing with in life. Well, and the book, you know, we were, we were around when the book swept everything and, it, and being in school, it was like everybody had a red, uh, you know, sorry, not a red wall. That was, me. <laughs> I had all the red wall books, but it, everybody was super into the uh, Harry Potter books and I felt a little left out, you know, kind of like when, when like Pokemon came out or something like that. I, I you know, I got like a Diglett card, you know, for, <laughs> for somebody just gave me, they had an extra one and everybody else was like running around with like their, their Charizard cards right. or what, you know, holographic, holographic ones. Pikachu or, you know, Mewtwo card. But for yeah. me, for me, it is one of those things that makes me happy. I like doing it. Like if I'm, if I'm really stressed out, it's one of those things I really like to listen to. I'm I'm super excited for the game. I'm you know I think we are going to try to get some gameplay footage, yes. and have that up, and that'll be some of our first official gameplay footage on our new YouTube channel, Geek ETC Podcast on YouTube. Yeah, and we've got some uh, shorts on there that we have on our like our Instagram reels and everything. But this will be some of our first actual gameplay, and you yeah. know, and on that yeah, the YouTube um, our plan behind that is to um, we'll be uploading some gameplay of a ton of different stuff in you know in the upcoming months and even years beyond that. So just keep a, a lookout for that coming up. Yeah, absolutely. And if you guys come here from that or after that, you know, we hope you enjoy the podcast. So looking at the, the actual game itself. So we were talking about the houses, right? So there yeah. are four houses, Gryffindor, Hufflepuff, Ravenclaw, and Slytherin. 
And so the Gryffindor apparently is related to the element of fire. Really? Yes. That's right. And then Hufflepuff is related to the element, the earth element. Ravenclaw related to the air element of air. And Slytherin is apparently related to the water element. I wouldn't have matched those up with that because to me it feels like fire is, you know, a more violent element that I would feel like I would go with Slytherin or something, you know, more unhinged. Well, it's a griffin, right? So I guess there's some type of fiery oh. to the griffin. They've got oh. the red colors and everything. And I think Hufflepuff is the badger, right? Ground, you know, the earth I elemental. I don't think I ever put two and two together about the mythical creatures and the names on mm-hmm. that. I mean, Slytherin obviously a snake, but mm-hmm. I don't know that I ever put that together. Yeah. In some of the research I was doing, I was looking at that, you know, obviously it's somebody that's probably read all the books. It's like, Hey John, you're stupid. But, uh, and you're right. But that being said, I, I, I thought it was pretty cool. And I had, I, when I looked at it, I was like, Oh, that makes sense. Cause Hufflepuff's a little badger dude. You know, it makes sense that he's like the earth elemental guy. Oh, and it yeah, makes yeah. sense that Ravenclaw has something to do with air. Oh, wow. But, you're right. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Blowing my mind. Uh, here we are. And there's also some traits that go along with each house. So the, okay. tra- the, the there there are more traits, but like the single word trait that goes along with each of them. So Gryffindor, bravery. That makes sense. Ravenclaw, intelligence. Okay. Hufflepuff, empathy. House Slytherin, ambition. Oh. And we see that a lot, you know, because obviously Slytherin's not a evil house because that that would be stupid. I guess it's pretty- just kind of they always portrayed them to have some more bad elements of the movies. Again, that's my only reference. For well, it, but- yeah, you got like especially in the 19, you know, we're dealing with our with our actual Harry Potter series for sure. Yeah. But it, the ambition aspect of it obviously t- lends itself more towards, I guess, evil than the other ones. But, you know, obviously Slytherin is not. They, they would never be like, "Hey, we're we're gonna train evil wizards." I guess in, that's in a basement. That's a good point. Yeah, if they're at the school and it's an official school, I mean, a class house of the school. Yeah, why would not they wouldn't teach evil stuff? I guess that's the point. But yeah, they are just more ambitious. You know, more go getters. You know, more making stuff happen. Yeah, and I'm I'm excited to see in Hogwarts Legacy, um, who our Draco Malfoy is going to be. Who is going to be that annoying little kid? Right. Who we're going to be like, oh, I'm you again, your rival. Or yes. I want to slam him into a wall. Yeah. Because <laughs> there's got to be, there's got to be one of those well, yeah. kids that's going to be I'm, super I imagine there'll be kind of that main, you know, associated side character from each house. You know, the Hufflepuff will have their person that, Ooh. you know, follows you around and does stuff. The person from Ravenclaw, they'll each kind of have their, you know, I don't really want to say stereotypical person, but just someone that kind of fits that theme of each house yeah that makes sense so that might be interesting to see um i'm excited about the uh open world aspects of it yes it look you know so for those who ha- are not familiar with it there there is the the grounds of hogwarts itself mm-hmm. seems to be pretty you know open you can go to a bunch of different places obviously the common rooms seem to be off limits if you don't know how to get into them but the yeah, you can, you've, got, you've got like the whole castle to explore castle. seems like and there are there are places that you've not seen in the book you've not seen the movies that maybe you've read about in the books like the kitchens or other places that you can oh, go yeah. to and it's not like there are save from what we can tell right now 
it's not like there are checkpoints or loading points. It seems to be like you're able to pretty much go throughout that. And then I would assume you would checkpoint, you would have a loading screen to enter the actual open world outside of Hogwarts where you can go to Hogsmeade, uh, Black Forest, or to the, you know, to the Dark Forest. You could go to, you know, a bunch of different other places. You can use your broom. Uh, there are also different mounts. Like you could have a Festral mount if you buy a special edition. I think you could, you know, a Hippogriff. You know, there are several. Yes. The creatures are also going to be in it. Yeah, the, the broom flying looks pretty cool. Um, being able to be in just the open world surrounding areas of the castle um, in that area there and just being able to hop on a broom and take off through the sky. Yeah, and it seems like there's some type of um, stamina aspect to it, some type of stamina element. Oh, in, to the flying? To the flying. I didn't see where that. If, I guess if you're going too high, I guess oh, that's well, something that you have sense. to build up. If you start going too high, it starts going down. So I think the lower you are, you don't really burn anything. But I when guess you, it would get harder to breathe the higher altitude you get. That's true. And, you know, from what I understand, <laughs> I think you, you can plummet to your death from the broom, you know. That'll oh, be really? Nice. Yeah, so if you if you decide to go right right up into the sky super high. I would just skyrocket straight up, and then you just pass out or yeah, black out done, or something. Yeah, you're done, so you're going to come oh. down if you, if you don't pay attention to that stamina meter. Interesting. Um, the spells, obviously, you know, it's, it's kind of one of those things where I'm sure they had to really look at because it's not it's not a turn-based rpg program right where no. where where a combat's initiated and then people choose their spells uh very similar to like a final fantasy or even like a pokemon game or something yeah. like that where you choose those things it's it is a very combat oriented yeah, um, it's an action game action game and yeah it's all live you know uh on-demand fighting yeah basically yeah just like the UFC, essentially, on the whenever you want it, you can get it. But no, there's there's the defense against the dark arts. You actually have to go to class. Uh, looking at some more of the gameplay stuff here. I mean, even like I've heard, I think I heard the the combat kind of even reference to something similar to um, some of the Batman games and like Arkham Arkham Asylum and Arkham Knight that that style of combat. That's a good point. And looking at the gameplay, I, I can kind of yeah. see that now. So some of the gameplay features, it says, learn spells, brew potions, grow plants, and tend to magical beasts along your journey. Get sorted into your house, forge relationships, and master skills to become the witcher wizard you want to be. Experiencing Experience the wizarding world in an unexplored era to uncover a hidden truth from its past. Battle against trolls, dark wizards, goblins, and more, and more as you face a dangerous villain threatening the fate of the wizarding world. So... Uh, overarching nemesis. Uh, I've definitely seen that some of the goblins are not going to be friendly. Oh, Trolls. no. They look pretty mean. I've heard tale of dragons. I so, will say something I'm not looking forward to in this game that I've seen in the trailers that's in this dark forest mm. and why I, you know, as a child skipped over certain parts of the movies are these freaking giant spiders that are all throughout this dark forest, apparently. Are they actually in the game? So here's Oh, the yes. Are they really? Yes. They're they're in, in the trailers. They're all over the trailers and stuff. And there are, are like swarms of them. And Be you're having to fight them off and stuff. Because, I say that because Hagrid, PS1 Hagrid, <laughs> in his polygonal form, uh, the the spiders that were a problem in the movies that you did not like, mm -hmm. those little, all those little things running about, those came from his, those were like his buddy. Like he released the granddaddy into the woods. Oh. Uh, and 
Yeah, I completely missed that part of the movie. I guarantee it because I just checked out. I'm surprised that they're actually there because I thought that was more of a it came from Hagrid thing. But like I said, I've not read the Grindelwald series. I'm and you know I'm not. Um, I'm like a one read through on all the books, so I'm not like right. you know those of you who cuddle up with some tea or hot cocoa and read the books every year. Right. Uh, you know better than me, and send us a message on on Instagram or something. Let us know. Right. Um, but yeah, those they're in the trailer. They're 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 big. They look dangerous. They look like they're coming to attack you. So, whatever section of the game that that exists in will be probably a minute to get through. But we'll I'll I'll work through it. I, I made it through Skyrim and the Frostbite spiders. So, um, yeah. So I've seen the trolls. I've seen the goblins. There's definitely dark wizards. It seems like there's some type of poaching aspect and i think that's something you know a bad guy that everybody can kind of get along with everybody hates poachers I, you know uh, yeah even even if you're like the worst of the worst person you're like you're a poacher like what disgusting yeah. no leave the animals alone yes don't don't kill the innocent animals especially these fictional you know animals i'm sure they're all close to being extinct anyway yeah you know i mean i don't see, i don't see any griffins anymore well, you know why is because I think in the books they say, well, that's because the the like the Ministry of Magic has to erase your mind after you see him. Oh, so so I have no idea how many times that's happened to me. Is what oh you're saying. no, you definitely don't. There's some things that have happened to you, Josh, that you never remember. So kind of like Men in Black. Uh very with much the so. neuralizer. Yeah, they put the, sunglasses on and just instead it's an Obliviate spell. Uh, speaking oh. of which, there are tw- up to twenty spells that you can use in the game. And yes. like we said, Josh is not the, you know, oh, he's not the Harry Potter uh, historian extraordinaire. Aficionado. 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 No. And so I thought it would be fun to quiz you. And, oh. I, want, and I thought, yeah, so okay, you've not heard these before. Um, so I'm going to read you a spell name. Okay. And I want you to just kind of tell me what you think it might do. What it does. What it does. I, I know I... I I can only think of like a couple from the movies or, or the even just the trailers I've seen of the game, but okay. it's few and far between. We'll see how this goes. Okay, so first up, Accio. Uh, Accio. I, I feel like that was one I heard in in the gameplay. Um, was was that one where they like jerked him towards them? So yeah, so essentially, it summons an object or creature towards you. So oh, kind or, of a, you know, a yeah. telekinesis type of deal that it, it brings it, it picks up an object and brings it to you. Yeah. So if I was to say Accio drink, you know, the drink would fly into my hand. Or if you were, you know, locked in a jail cell and you saw the keys on the table. Oh, yeah. You and could you, Accio it. To and yourself. if they did a bad search on you and you still had your wand mm, or two exactly. wands on you, but that's not always the best. You only can, you're supposed to get bonded with one wand. Oh. Uh, this should be easy. Ascendio? Ascendio? I, I guess it would make things ascend. Propels someone into the air. Good job. Okay. What about, and this is this is also an easy one, Bombardo. Bombardo. Um, a little round bomb man from Mario shows up, and he runs into battle and explodes your enemies. And, and he's voiced by Chris Pratt. Um, so... <laughs> <laughs> it creates an explosion is what oh, it does. So it, it just explodes. Yeah, it explodes. It's like a, you know, famous from one of the Harry Potter movies. And, and 
I I know the movies. I watch them all the time. Get you know, folks. But it, it's the one with the um, God. What's that lady? Everybody hates in the pink. She takes over the school, and you know, she's you're talking about. She does like the Bombardo Maxima. She goes into the room of requirement, um, mm. which we'll talk about here in a minute for Hogwarts Legacy yeah. once we finish this quiz up. But uh, all right, so this this one is an important one. Crucio. Crucio. So from what I've that one sounds familiar. I think I saw that one in a trailer. And isn't that one of those um the unforgivable spells? It is, yes. So it is called? it's like the torture spell, essentially. Torture spell. It is like a torture right. curse. So is it is that purely psychic damage there? Uh 2d12. Oh. 2d12 starting out, and then if you cast it at third level, it hits you know one dice, one extra d12. Huh. So it just, I guess it, it does it just torture them mentally kind of thing? Or? It's excruciating pain to their body, huh. you know, and in, in, in the movies where they show it, uh, you know, like the first, they, they do it on a spider, which you probably wouldn't feel bad about. They do it like on a water Amazing. spider. But, you know, they're like, uh, um, it's just, it's body's just writhing in pain. Right. It just, it just hurts everywhere horribly. Yes. Um, all right. So the next one, Expelliarmus. <sighs> Expelliarmus. I know I've heard that. Is it a attacking spell of some kind? It can be. So it, it's it's a disarming spell. Whatever it's, they got in their hands. Oh, right. I remember seeing that they would do that and they would knock someone's wand out of their yeah. hand or something. Yeah. Oh. All right. Um, immobilis. Immobilis. Um, Root word there. Right. If they're on a mobile phone, it... Um, makes it unusable that's right so yeah it does it does tech damage no it it immobilizes living targets is what that does. oh right um so it it, it, it a nokia isn't vulnerable to or that yeah it is a nokia would be <laughs> a nokia would be we know it can immune. survive everything it can survive everything that's nokia the official phone of the of the apocalyptic wasteland <laughs> um so what about incendio Oh, that's got to be fire. Some, it is, some yeah, kind. Yeah, okay. conjures flames. Okay. Lumos. Lumos. That reminds me of, you know, something luminous. Is it? So is uh, it like a light? Yeah, it's a light spell, pretty that's much. That's what uh, yeah. Gandalf uses on his on the crystal and his top of his staff. It really is. Yeah, he's okay. Lumos out of. They, they they cut the scene where he said it, but he that, that, or did he just say it in Elvish quietly to himself? Ooh, maybe so. Maybe. What about Avada Kedavra? Oh, I know I've heard that one. I mean, other than pulling a rabbit out of a hat, I, I, abracadabra, I, I can't so remember what that is. This is also one of the three unforgivable curses. Oh, okay. This is the killing spell. And in Hogwarts Legacy, you can use it. And so, I don't know what it does. I don't know if there's some type of evil to good meter. But power word kill? Yeah, essentially. Well, and as far as I know, as far as we know, the only thing that's ever survived of, of Hada Kedavra is Harry Potter. Oh, that's what uh he shall not, who shall not be named. Is that what Voldemort used on him when he's a baby? Yes, yes. Uh, and it reflected back and hit him or whatever. Okay. So right. that is one of the that is one of the in from you can use it, you know, you can use it as much as you want, apparently, in good old Hogwarts right. legacy. Yeah, it seems like I've heard some mention of these unforgivable spells and I'm almost wondering if part of the story is um, obviously they're unforgivable, but are they 
at this time back in the 1800s was it 1800s it's, yeah, yeah 1890s is 1890s what that's right in that time were they unforgivable yet maybe something that happens in the story where we learn how they became unforgivable well i imagine in the wizarding world of hogwarts that the killing spell would probably be one of those things that is bad because homicide has been bad for some time so i think that's true i that's what i'm saying i don't know i it when I see that there is that spell, the Avada Kedavra, yeah. when I see that spell is in the game, it makes me wonder if there is some type of morality engine to it. Hmm. I see what you're saying. That, I mean, yeah, you can use it, but yeah, I wonder if there's even some consequence that if you use it, you know, a ton, that if that affects something later down the line. Exactly. Huh. And last spell, and this is probably outside of the killing curse probably one of the most dangerous spells that i've heard of mucus ad nauseum does your nose just start pouring inflicts an extreme runny nose or cold oh wait does it really yeah that's it <laughs> oh i actually got that one right yay wow so you got the, you got the light spell right too you just have the worst cold imaginable that's right. Oh, that, that, that's pretty bad. I mean, dying's bad. Yeah, sure. You know, torturing's bad. I get, but freaking a runny nose that won't stop. I mean, come on. That is bad. And you I may, think that is torture. I would like to propose to the people involved in Hogwarts Legacy that that should be the fourth unforgivable curse. Because as somebody who's been chronically sick, because I have a six year old child in kindergarten and he brings home everything. I uh, I am beginning to tire of it. <laughs> tire of the germ magnets that come home. Yes, it, 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 kindergarten is a petri dish, and my son is the slide, and he just he comes <laughs> home, and you can't not hug him because he's so cute. Right, but you're gonna get sick because of it. Right, that makes sense. So yeah, mucus ad nauseum. That is a spell. I pulled it from a thing. I don't think it's any of the movies, but hey, you know, it's probably in a book. True. Uh, you know, spells are pretty cool. If you could, if you had any spells in real life, like if there was one that you had access to, if you know we were wizards, do you know of any, what would be a spell that you would like to be able to use in real life? So interesting. You know, I made that poll on Instagram and we had one reply. Yeah. Feel free to reply to us, y'all. We we do like hearing from you. Um, we'd like to be kind of like a, you know, somewhat crowd, cult, you know, content driven uh, our one reply said Reparo, which is a which is a uh, Hogwarts spell, is a Harry Potter spell. Oh, it's uh, one that exists in fiction. It is, it is one that exists in the, those fiction works, and it repairs things. And that person said that way I could re if I break something, I could just fix it. So similarly, similarly to mending from D and D, just like it, yeah. It's, There's a small rip or tear in something, or something slightly broken. You know, it's it's a super glue of spells. Of it sorts. is. It is. I think Reparo affects much larger. Like if you had a, um, which in the gameplay that I've seen, like there's, uh, Reparo is one of the spells that you can get in the game because that we saw in the gameplay there was a bridge that was broken. Oh, that's that, what they used yeah. on that bridge. That's that what fell. they used on the bridge that okay. fell. Oh, so yeah, you could repair. But you really can't use things. mending on a bridge, unfortunately. No. That would take way too long. Well, it wouldn't work. It's got to be a small thing. You know, that's one of those things that everybody tries to use it. Like, yeah. at, and obviously, if you're if your game master or dungeon master lets you use it or rule of cool, then of course you can you can use it yeah. as much as you want. To discretion, but yeah, that would be that would be very 
you you know you get in a car wreck you know just the zippity zappity and all the dents come out paint fixes itself and you're right as rain it would be like playing burnout (laughs) burnout too on wreck mode that's that's an interesting thing that if you knew you had that ability to whip out any time would you be a lot less or a lot more careless uh well repairo i would like to bring up that repairo does not uh, fix a family of three that was just on their way to Olive Garden. So no, I don't think I don't want to kill them. You know, could it like fix, how did they could it fix undercooked pasta? Oh my god, <laughs> uh, it, it, it might just make it dry again. Or, or would it? Would the act of cooking pasta would the you know magical essence see that as you know you've burned the pasta, so it might just restore it back to its dry pasta self. That is interesting. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. But uh, well, it would probably work on like a 1997 Volvo, and it would be really weird if the police came up and there was a dead family of three or four in a in their car, and, and the, the car's car, perfectly the car fine. was perfectly fine. The glass is all there, you know. What I don't happened? know. I have no idea how this trauma occurred. Must have been aliens. Must have been. Yeah, zapped them up, did some experience, put them back in the car. As far as I know, there is no alien subplot in Hogwarts Legacy. Boy, that'd be a twist, wouldn't it? <laughs> wouldn't it? <laughs> God, just like Fallout, you know, you're just walking and you see a UFO. Wild. <laughs> it's a wild wasteland. It's wild Hogwarts. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know. That's the true threat that lives in the woods. That is true. It may, maybe that's the spiders are originally from a different planet. I believe it. And that's they've given them uh, sanctuary there. Mm. Sounds suspicious to me. Because I think aliens would probably treat with the wizards before they treated with the muggles. I could see that. Because they could fix a 1997 Volvo with Reparo. You could. That being said, I don't drive a 1997 Volvo. I don't either. I don't know why that's where I went to. If you drive one 1997 Volvo, send us a DM of it and let's see yes. if there's I, any damage to it. We'll tell you whether the mending spell or the repair spell would work. I've heard they're quite good cars, actually. Oh, yeah. They, they, yeah, they're, they're just tanks. Yeah, I've, I've, I heard, too, a story. This was a while ago that the uh, owner of Ikea, you know, pretty big company most people have heard of it it's kind of you know, all over the world balls yeah which are also apparently delicious i haven't ever had one i haven't actually ever physically been to an ikea yeah. i have a couple things from there but i haven't ever been to one but i heard that the owner you know he's he's surely a you know multi-millionaire of some variety but he drives like an 80s volvo station wagon or something that he's had and it has like hundreds of thousands of miles on it well they are essentially armored cars right but he does it the interviewer i think said that he did it you know to demonstrate to his employees the you know uh, responsibility of making things that you own last not just you know when something breaks or something breaks down going out and you know trashing and buying something new to try to make things that you have last as long as possible and take care of stuff. And just kind of the, the theory behind making things worthwhile and, and last as long as possible. Um, yeah. So um, uh, let me see what spell would I want? I would want, oh, that's, that is a hard question. And there is a legit, you've, you, I didn't know this question was coming up. So there's a little bit of ponderance on my end. Uh, things I like, and this is very much like the classic, what superpower do you want? You know, oh, yeah. kind of thing. I would think that I would want, and this isn't necessarily from Hogwarts, but some type of teleportation. I was going to say the same thing. Oh, so I'll separate it. Let's see. <laughs> Flying is a good one. Um, well, I mean, you can talk about that one. 
different. Well, I mean, again, yeah, when it comes to powers or spells and stuff, something the in, in, intriguing about teleportation. Yes. And the when it comes to usefulness and utilitarianism of that, like to me, that seems like the most utilitarian thing that you could have. It is. I think it is the ultimate travel method. You know, we see it right. in, in the, you know, go, going back to be Hogwarts, you know, specifically in the Harry Potter movies, we see it. You know, there, there's the the flu powder in the chimney. Uh, there's the apparate spell, which is more of like a transport, but um, more of just like a flying, super fast flying spell. But, mm. you know, you see those things where they're just like, whoom, and they're in diagon, di- diagon valley, diagonal valley, uh, diagonally. I about yeah. said just I'm about to make a post about how silly uh, Harry Potter was because he couldn't say Diagon Alley, but even <laughs> though he's been there like four times, <laughs> there's there is something to the um, there's something to that trans you know like I imagine right now if somebody invented a teleportation device that where you you know you touch something and you show up in another place touching you know like some type of uh, monolith. Mm-hmm. And you imagine you had a monolith at point A, and then you touched it, and you were transported immediately to point B monolith. Mm-hmm. You know, you would put so many things out of business. You know, if right. you were able to do that on large scale, there would be no more airports. That if, or yeah, if there was a, you know, for instance, you had a, a monument of some kind that had a, you know, radius around it of maybe fifty feet, and it was set on a time interval that every thirty minutes. If you're within this circle, you know, you're going to France, you know, yes. it's in New York city, you know, in, it's, so it's, it's a torture in the great, device. it's in the great monolith hall. It's the, a torture device. We got because you only stick half, half of you in, in the circle. Is that what you're saying? No. Cause you have to go to France is what oh. I'm saying. <laughs> that being said, yeah. yes, that would be, wouldn't that be so cool? Like the, the, yeah. the, without like that spell, like, so in what well, the magic system that you and I are most familiar with, well, at least I'm most familiar with, with, with like Dungeons Dragons fifth edition, mm-hmm. um, you know, something like Misty Step, right? right. Or Thunder Step or right. something like that, where you, you, um, even there's, there's even the teleportation circle, being mm-hmm. able to go somewhere else quickly is like, you know, I love Nightcrawler from the x I was going to mention that, that, that it, there's kind of the uh, two different, categories of teleportation in my mind there's these the night crawler just the kind of bamfing from short distances places you can physically see you know i'm down here i want to be you know up on that roof or i want to be across the street you know you just bamf out and just appear in the other area that you're looking at like that to me seems super useful just the same that you know if you are able to picture a place in your mind or you've got you know a photo album of you know places around the world you'd like to go to and you can open that photo album and all right there's you know this picture i took in new zealand i can just stare and focus at that picture and poof i'm in new zealand that would definitely make your japan trip a lot easier i feel like true it would be a lot cheaper <laughs> it'd be a lot cheaper than it's now yes and wouldn't have to spend you know 20 hours on an airplane yeah, oh gross no yeah i think i think well so so you would say teleportation as well that probably would be high Probably the highest on my list well, as far as usefulness. If you're going to say teleportation, then I'm going to say... Invisibility. How did you know? Because uh, that's always the number two. Because we've been best friends for so long. <laughs> and it would be mine. <laughs> Invisibility is super dope. You know, being able to like, you know, just, you know, to put clothes on, go to the store, <laughs> go do whatever, you know. 
play pranks on people. True. It would be a lot of fun. And just be a, being able to literally disappear from society for a moment in time just to kind of have your own your own you know own time. But I imagine it would be a little bit like, you know, there's the Stanford prison experiment where it where it deals with like the morality of like when you're in charge of someone or whatever. And and I've got my own kind of uh thesis on how I feel about that, which I'm not going to get into, but mm-hmm. there I imagine there is something similar if like a morality compass is if I can't be seen. Right. And you know, what would I actually do? It would be a test to yourself. It is definitely a test of your character. And yes, I think that people, if you got to think about that, because like if you were invisible and Kate, you know, you couldn't be seen. Yeah. There's a lot of people out there that if they had that, they would do horrible things. Horrible things. Even people that are good people. I'm like, well, you know what? I, maybe I will take a pack of gum. Right. You know, no one would know. It starts with a pack of gum and you know, next you're running over school kids with your car. I hope not. That was a reference to a Weird Al song. Oh, okay. <laughs> Reparo. Exactly. <laughs> On the children. <laughs> um, um, which is bad because we, we weren't altruistic enough to say cure wounds or something like that. Exactly. Which is, you know, hey, hate on us if you want. If you, if Greater I'm restoration. At, greater restoration, which would be great. You know, like, hey, let me get your yeah. arm back. Let me get your leg yeah. back. That would be great. Oh, you've got a debilitating sickness. Well, not anymore. Not anymore. I would rather be invisible. <laughs> right. Personally. Exactly. Except I imagine with that too, another thing I thought about would be if, you know, you had that and, you know, your family and friends and work people, you know, people knew you had that. I feel like it would be hard to keep trust with the people in your life because, you know, surely it would be going, I mean, I know for me, if my, you know, I knew that, you know, you had that and, you know, we hung out all the time, you know, I feel like in the back of my mind, I'd constantly be wondering like, is he right behind me? Oh yeah, you would. Yeah. yeah, is he standing here and I just Which don't know you it? Should I mean human nature? Like you know, we are we are like hey, hardwired to know. Like, is there a predator? Like, is there somebody right. there? And you know, yeah, I think if you had the invisibility spell, you and your sister would just get into fights all the time. Right. She'd be like, "Where is this?" And you'd be like, "I don't know." And like, you took it. You're right. Yeah. Especially any kind of sibling rivalries, I'm sure, would get very intense. Oh yeah, yeah. She would, she might choose cure wounds or something, but I, you know, for sure. I think that, um, I think that that would be a really cool one. Invisibility, greater invisibility, yeah. greater invisibility would be better. Let's just go out there. There you go. I'm going to say greater invisibility from fifth edition because, um, you can take actions. I could attack somebody and still be invisible. There you go. You could, you could pick up your hot dog and make it float around and not, you know, disappear out of the invisibility. Anything you're carrying or wearing. So if you're just carrying a hot dog, then it's fine. Well, it might. I think the well, hot dog would might eating the hot too. dog be an action. No, no, no. Well, yeah, that's debatable. Bonus we'll action, maybe. Um, other than that, you know, I've my other default answer would always be just to be able to fly. Oh, who doesn't want to fly? You know, Superman style. Who doesn't? Neo want to from the Matrix, just take off, <laughs> look up, and take off. Yeah, yeah. Superman. I've had. I mean, I've had. You know, it, it's a common thing for you know to have dreams of flying. And I've had, I haven't had one in a while, but I used to have them a lot as a kid of going out in my backyard and my backyard at my parents' house when I was a kid had a, had a pretty steep hill behind it. Um, you remember this? I do. And I had many dreams where I would go stand at the top of the hill and just kind of look down the hill and I would take a step, you know, towards the hill, but I would just kind of lift off the ground and basically just float 
them, you know, maybe two to five feet off the ground and just float all the way down the hill to the bottom. Well, as steep as the hill was, if it was me, I would I would be dreaming about going up the hill without having to walk up. <laughs> <laughs> that, that, that's just me <laughs> when I'm thinking about Back that. Back to the utilitarianism of it. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Oh, that's pretty steep. Yeah. Not for me. Not for me. <laughs> yeah, you know, but, you know, real world, like, obviously, we're, we're almost delving into superpowers here. But, like, if you had a spell, which, you know, like, fly or levitate or something like that, if you had a spell like fly and you could fly around for an hour, there are a lot of things that we would have to take into account. Like... It gets cold in the in like the stratosphere. Like you would have to definitely if you're flying, yeah. Well, and yes. the, you, I mean, you'd have to pretty much wear a motorcycle helmet all the time, otherwise your oh, eyes yeah. would dry out and you couldn't breathe. Well, not and, to mention like hitting a like a flock of birds. It, also true. I mean, bird strikes are super devastating on planes. I mean, they, yeah, say they destroy airplanes. You know, much less just a a human. Oh yeah. Do you have anything like? Is there anything out there that you think is like, um, you know? We've talked about Hogwarts Legacy a little bit and, and some of the hype that we have for that, all the cool spells and everything. Is there something, is there some type of dealing with magic in general? Um, what is, what, is there like a magic system that you really like in, in literature or gaming or in movies or television that you find really interesting? I mean, I was always, it's, you could kind of think about it in magic in a way, but I was, you know, always fascinated by the idea of the force. Okay. You know, in Star Wars that it's, I, which again, I kind of wasn't about the whole idea of midichlorians and that it's a genetic thing if you can control it or not. But I like this, you know, from the original movies of just this, you know, ethereal thing that exists that anyone is able to tap into. Kind of like, like the weave. Right. Or something like that. Like in, in Dungeons oh, yeah. and Dragons, they call it like the weave, right? There's like this, this right. kind of like layer of magical like essence that, that kind of rests and like that kind of is there in the periphery, almost like interdimensional. Right? Say, it's it, like it, a it, fifth dimension. It, yeah. It's basically, it exists all around you, you know, and it's, it's, you know, on the same sort of, but well, I guess in that instance, it'd be a different plane of existence maybe, or a different dimension, but it, it's still exists within the world that you exist in. You know, it's I, just whether or not you can tap into it. Because I play a character in, in our game that we play together on Sundays, uh, where I'm a player, which is nice, um, that we, that my character is, is somebody that's kind of been like, through magic, has been uh, violently attached to the weave and can see the weave working and and it's mm-hmm. kind of driven him mad you know he's got these tattoos of lines all over the place and he can see this thing that nobody else can and he you know other people are magic users but they can't necessarily see the weave you know these right these auroras or whatever that kind of go through i think in the new baldur's gate uh baldur's gate 3 the game that came out the that is based uh, on dungeons and dragons fifth edition yeah. there is a uh mission that you can do where you actually get to tap into the weave and you can it's like a special thing that you have to do and it's very hard to get it the actual mission or very hard to get the actual cutscene where you're able to do it. Yeah. But you're able to tap in and see the actual fabric really of, of this magic. These these thin lines that kind of run through everything. Hmm. So I like that. I think that's neat. You know, to to be fair, I mean, the force is a lot like magic. Right. It really is. You know, force lightning. Yeah, you can create lightning, spell, you can move things with your mind, you can think telekinesis, yeah. spell, right? Jump, spell, astral projection. 
Yes, spell. Yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah. well, mind control, you yes. know, any of these kinds yes. of things. Charm spells. It is very yeah. much, you know, and that's the reason why a lot of people, they call them like, oh, they're space wizards, because they really are. They they yeah. are, and I think that is something neat, is like, if it was, what if midichlorians weren't really a thing? What if, yeah. what if it is, but it's like, they just hang out on the threads of the actual weave of the force. Mm. They're just like, they're like the little, the what are those little bears that can survive? The water uh, bears. Yeah, water bears. They're, they're like microscopic little things that can survive anything. Yeah, it can survive anything. They just really love like hanging out in the like projection of the force. And so everybody's like, well, because there's so many of them here or in their blood, that's the reason why. Are midichlorians... Be- like microscopic beings or animals? I don't know. Wouldn't that be crazy? Or is it just like a different type of blood cell, or is it actually a well? They said like I think might. Well, it surrounds everything, right? They said the force is the force does. Yeah. yeah so I, that's what I'm saying. The, I think it's the midichlorians. I feel like there's some contradicting statements, maybe. Mm, maybe mm. so. This is one of those things where, with world building. You know, if you're world building something, you don't have to answer every single question because you know what? We don't know everything about where we are now. You know, you don't have to have every single thing laid out because we don't know what's in the ocean of our own planet right yeah, now. Yeah, we only explored so like... You, you don't you know. need to know what's in the ocean yeah. of your planet. You can just make it up as you go. And yeah. you know what? You're right because you created it. Right. This is your world, your creation. You know, you can, you know, Bob Ross all you want to and make it whatever you can envision. Maybe there's a tree that lives over here. Maybe there's a happy little hydra that, you know, lives yes. in the ocean or something. Yeah. Well, that's interesting. I've never thought about the force. I mean, well, I have. I've obviously thought about the force. That's not what, it, what it, but I would have said first thing, and I wouldn't have even included it because I wouldn't have gone there. Mm. But when you said it, it makes so much sense because right. force, you know, there, I can relate those. And even, you know, um, we're, we're kind of, we're, we're, we're talking magic here, and we're getting a little bit off topic of the Hogwarts legacy theme. But... You know, for those people who who like Dungeons and Dragons, there is actually a a free thing out there called Star Wars Five E, Star Wars Fifth Edition, and we've played. Yeah, it, we did that I. one shot. We did it. the one shot with it, and they use those force sensitive classes and they use those force powers interchangeable with mm-hmm. spells, and it makes it works perfectly. Yeah, it works really well, and so I think that's something that's very interesting for me. I think something like the Witcher is pretty neat where those spells are kind of cool. You know, the, in, you know, when I struggle, I am, um, uh, fellow nerds and geeks out there. I am a wannabe writer. I want to write books. Mm -hmm. I I try, I get a couple chapters in, I go to the next one. I can never finish. I'm Mm -hmm. very bad about doing that. And when I write fantasy stuff, you know, thinking about the actual magic system itself, you know, something like The Witcher, um, where you have to pay for that magic somehow. You know, well, full disclosure, I'm not super familiar with how the magic works in that. I've, I've seen the shows. So, but... like in the show, for example, in the show, for example, remember she has the flower. And in order to make the flower, in able to make the rock levitate, the flower dies. Uh, right? There's like this, this give and take. Right. And I think that's an interesting thing as well. That I guess that falls into the mindset of matter and energy can never be created or destroyed. Yes. It's just repurposed. Yes. 
So all you're doing is manipulating matter and energy in that way. Yeah. I kind of like that as a magic concept that is li- yeah, literally just energy and matter manipulation. Yeah. That I mean, it, and it's, it keeps a, that kind of aspect will keep a balance, you know, still keeps that balance in all things. And if it was like a dimension, like, you know, or, or even like, like a, like a, you know, you, we could never explain UV light to okay, a, a, well, to, to somebody in the seven, you know, maybe the oh, yeah, I guess 1300s. You have to back that far. Yeah. Let's go to the 1300s, you know, or something like that. I mean, I'm, I'm sure there were some people like the 1700s that were aware of like UV or infrared or something like that. Different light spectrums and such. Yeah. You couldn't explain that to um, somebody in the 1300s. Right. It'd be, well, you could, but it would take a little bit and you'd have to like speak their language and that would be a whole thing. But that being said, if, if that magical weave existed almost like mm-hmm. another spectrum of light that we couldn't see without maybe some type of special spectrometer right that not even night vision or whatever can right, say right. or or infrared goggles or FLIR then that would be interesting you know I think that's the thing that's cool out there is if that's one of the things that binds or is available you know because you can you can use that logic to say well that's how the magic in Harry Potter works right you know and I guess these... to, to not get super you know otherworldly or metaphysical and stuff but you know, I mean, in the same way how, like you said, you know, trying to explain that to someone from the 1300s would be super difficult and, you know, it would be very hard for them to even grasp, like, how in the world can light exist that you can't see? Like, that sounds crazy. I mean, what if, what if there's something like that for us now? Oh. You know, that if someone from 2500 were to try and explain some concept to us that seems preposterous right now. Oh, it's time travel entirely or, possible or, because or something else, everybody that lives, right? Everybody that's alive always like thinks that, Hey, we're the smartest people that have lived. We have televisions. We have internet. We have flying planes. We have helicopters, right? right. But everybody has those inventions. Everybody's had those inventions throughout lines throughout time. You go back in time and you look at like the Antikythera mechanism or something like that, where you the know what the Antikythera mechanism, it is a, uh, Google it. It is, it is a, cause I don't want to misquote when it's from, it is a mechanism that was used to tell like the path of the sun and stars and like kind of like manage celestial bodies and what year was it from oh that thing yes i have seen that what year what year was it found what year would they claim it's from like uh it's vc the wreckage retrieved from a shipwreck off the coast of a greek island in 1901 yes but it was from it was when, when uh they found it created second century bc so second century bc this mechanism existed and when they go through and they look at the, like, you know, first off, you know, there, if, if the world collapsed around us right now, the internet would be, if, if me and Josh and our families were the only people that lived through it, right? Josh and I don't know how to make the internet. Josh and I don't no. know how to make cars. Josh and I can't make a smartphone. Josh and I don't know anything about mining lithium or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Right. There is a hive mind of knowledge that once that's gone it's gone and that, that's what happened to a lot of this ancient knowledge and then when you look at the antikythera mechanism right this this thing i couldn't make that no. and, and if i if i tried my whole life i don't have that type of mind to be able to do that but the antikythera mechanism from what i understand it took into account that the world wasn't even a circle 
or oh like you know it wasn't round it was an oval and then it kind of like it's fat right. at the equator it took that into account and is super accurate and there's all these little gears and it's kind of like widely considered the first quote unquote computer yes, right? yes second century that. bc and that that made me think I'm, I'm sure you know we'll have a future episode talking about you know related to similar thing that you mentioned that some of these ancient uh, civilizations Ooh, yes some things around that that uh, i'm sure we'll do an episode at some point and especially with some of the upcoming things coming to you know near where we live you exactly. know that's coming we'll probably up. dive into that but um, just around the whole theory of you know that we may you know as a term that i've heard used we may be a species with amnesia yeah you so know we'll dive into that another time and and dive into some of the paranormal stuff too soon i think that would be very good yeah. as well you know in in, in which magic, magic could be paranormal. Magic is very, you know? very much a para- it, it is a paranormal thing. It I is mean, a yeah. There's been a long history of you know, you know there was you know the witch hunts back in the day of mm-hmm. Salem and all these kinds of things that and you know who who knows what you know some of these people were capable of you know many many centuries or decades or thousands of years ago. That's right. You know, maybe they had some type of maybe dragons existed. Magic equivalent. I've heard. I've seen some interesting evidence and a lot of uh, some theories and stuff about um, some type of large reptilian, snake-like creature existing thousands and thousands of years ago. That you know, because there's getting into that ancient history I was just talking about, but. Um, many cultures from the past, you know, reference them and things. Well, and, and to be fair, you wouldn't remember it because. The Ministry of Magic has used the Obliviate spell exactly. on it. Exactly. Full circle. It, it, coming full circle. Full circle. The American Ministry of Magic has come here, whoop, hit you with their wand. Yeah. And, and you'll never know the difference. Yeah, you would never know the difference. I think, um, you know, magical systems in general, there's so much fun to play with. I think mm-hmm. every kid at some point in their life, even if they're not going to geek out like we are about certain things like this or nerd out about things like this, everybody thinks like, man, what if I could just do that? Right. I mean, it's either superpowers or it's magic. That I guarantee you a lot of our audience, including myself at some point in their past as a child, they either watch something like Harry Potter or I don't, you know, s- some type of other cartoon or something. And, you know, or probably Star Wars. And they looked at an object, you know, the TV remote or something. And even if it was, you know, for just a couple seconds at some point in their life, you know, they legitimately tried to pull it towards them or like lift it with telekinesis or something. They're like, you know, if we're going to work, maybe it'd work right now and I'm going to give it a shot and then nothing happens. But, you know, yeah. and there's some people out there that think they can actually still do it. There's some people out there throwing chi balls at, you know, martial arts stuff and knocking people down with their minds or whatever. But yeah, that is that that's that exists. Makes you know? me think of the. Uh, the guy who got famous uh, back in the 80s and 90s, Yuri Geller. Oh, yeah. Yuri. The spoon-bending guy. That's right. That's right. Yeah, he was on all kinds of the late-night talk shows and all that stuff, but then was proven by... Uh, the Amazing Randy. Uh, James Randy Foundation and stuff right. that he, you know, disproved him many times, along with a lot of other people. Yep. And no one's still uh, taking him up on... Well, even, he's even, been, though, even though he's not here anymore, that his um, pledge, I think, still exists. Million dollars? Yeah, million dollars for anyone who can... 100% positively prove, you know, that they could move things with their mind. Well, any type of metaphysical thing. Exactly. Yeah, any any type of metaphysical, yeah. like, ability, any type of superpower or magical able ability. Able to read their mind, you know, move something with your mind, any of that kind of stuff that if you're able to 100% prove you could do that, 
you get a million dollars. Yeah, if you're somebody that doesn't like magic and doesn't want to go into that, I suggest you guys watch The Amazing Randy because it is a very good watch. It's fun. Yeah. And I like, I really, really enjoyed it when I watched it. Yeah. He's a, he's a very, very cool guy for sure. Yeah, I think we can get like lost in the weeds, with especially, you know, with, with things that we're comfortable with, like Dungeons and Dragons, you know, 5e. Mm-hmm. or Pathfinder or, you know, second edition or something like that talking about magic spells. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's obviously its own future podcast. Sure. Um, but yeah, I think, I think when it comes to magic systems, when I watch Harry Potter, it feels good. I like that it has a vocal mechanic to it. I like that it has the wand feature to it. It has some type mm-hmm. of focus, like arcane focus that is necessary for the casting of it. But occasionally not. You know, there are, seems to be some spells that were, you know, can be done without the wand possibly. Right. Um, but, you know, it's just such a fun world to get into. And I think, you know, looking at this, anybody who, you know, has watched the movies and has said, you know, I want to be a part of that or read the books. Maybe, maybe this is a, you're not a video game player mm. and you've listened to me this long. Uh, you know, you've listened <laughs> for, for however long this episode has been going on. Yeah. This is one of those things where it looks good. It might be worth you buying and trying to play it because it seems yeah. like it is going to be a fun RPG with good elements to it. And, and you know what? I might be, you know, eating crow here soon. Maybe it's not true, but, We've seen enough gameplay footage, I believe, to think that this is going to be a fun story-driven campaign. Right. May not be game of the year 2023. There's still a lot to come out. I'm sure. You know, we'll see as the year goes on. But mm-hmm. it, I'm, I'm sure at you know, come December, this at the end of this year, it'll it'll probably be in in the list of rankings from you know a bunch of different people. And I, you know, I I bet in, in my head, I bet there's going to be like some DLC that comes out that'll be entirely new campaign, like Could entirely be. new missions or whatever new locations, or new something. locations, that kind of thing. That'll be fun. Or maybe it's just a complete flop and it is horrible. You know, uh, the games have done that many times. So yeah, well, so we'll see. So so once again, y'all, we are. We are planning on having some gameplay up this weekend. We are buying the special edition, getting it a little early. So the game releases on the 10th. Yes. The 10th. And if you buy the special edition, you could have got it one day before this podcast, which is today is the 8th. So um, if you get it, play it. Let us know what you think. Send us some messages. You know, feel free to get involved. Send us whatever you want to send us as a DM. Like if you want to ask us questions to ask on on podcast, do it. We yeah. are very interested in what you have to say. Yeah, and, just, and use the, uh, if you if you post any of our social on our Instagram or Twitter, use the hashtag geekETCpod, and yeah. we'll, we'll see that and uh, bring that into our stuff here. But yeah, feel free to just listen to us a DM. You know, we, we are a fledgling podcast. We are working on it, and, you know, um, we, we want you guys to enjoy what we're putting out, and we also want to hear what you have to say because there are so Josh and I are only two sides of a coin. You know, there are so many other things out there. You know, maybe you can move something with your mind. Hey, let's hey, get you. if you can do that, yeah, send us a video of you moving something with your mind. I'd be interested to if see you it. Gas money, you just give me a piece of that million dollars, and I'm into it. Indeed. So I, I do want to plug something. You know, mm-hmm. other than our, our, I'm going to plug our stuff here in a second. Um, and this is, this guy is not related to us at all. First off, he is completely unrelated, but we're, we are wanting to highlight people that we like in the social media world. Right. And, um, this guy is called books, uh, underscore reviews, underscore kill. 
And if you were a book nerd, and especially since we're doing a Harry Potter episode, I mm-hmm. really like his videos. I have bought books because of some of his videos and they were great. I bought myself and my wife a book because he was, he had a video that he put out a reel on Instagram. So mm-hmm. follow him on Instagram. He had an Instagram reel where he said, Hey, if you like the, the hunger games series, try this book. If you like this book as a kid, try this book now as an adult. Huh. And I bought the red storm, red rising or red storm rising for that he suggested for that one for like the Hunger Games and then he brought up my beloved Redwall series and he's like if you like the Redwall series try this book the oh, Builders wow. and it's it's interesting it's it's it involves animals it's fun it's a fun book so that's cool he has a lot of videos like that he you know he's not like a million followers he's got a hundred thousand so he's he's pretty popular but if you're a, he's one of the better bookstagrammer accounts and if you're a bookstagrammer account. Hey, keep doing it because we think you're awesome too. But right. if you're looking for some content or honest to God, if you're just looking for some good book reviews or somebody that's going to give you some good ideas, um, everything that he's put out there so far seems pretty good. That's awesome. I'm really, I've been meaning to get back into some reading for a long time. I've got, I've got a ton of books that I've, that seem interesting to me, but I've just, I, I, I buy them and, you know, flip through a couple things and then put them on a shelf and don't ever touch them again. Well, who knows? I mean, after the after playing Hogwarts Legacy, you might be you might be reading the first book of uh, Harry Potter. We'll see. We will see. I don't know that it might change my opinion about it that much, but you never know. I don't maybe, think there's any spiders in the first book. Maybe something magical will happen. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, uh, so make sure you guys follow us on Instagram, geek at geek etc podcast and on yes. Twitter at geek etc podcast, visit our website, www.geekETCpod.com. Right. And also on YouTube at geek etc podcast. Absolutely. Yeah. So check them all out. We're going to have some uh, extra content coming up here, uh, shortly. And I'm, I'm excited to see what, uh, what all we can get to in the, the wizarding world. And where that's going to take us. And guys, remember, you know, the geek community, we fight better together. So let's stick together and, and uh, you know, let's all be, let's, let's stick together out there. We need each other and we need each other to make our voices known so we get the content that we want. Right. Doesn't matter whether you're a Quarian or a Krogan, Cobalt or Kraken, you know, keep geeking out. Do what you do. Hey there, thanks for sticking around. If you made it this far, it means you enjoyed what you listened to. And if you did enjoy it, go check out our Patreon at patreon.com slash geeketcpodcast. For a couple bucks a month, you can help support the show and help keep tons of geek-inspired content coming your way. Thanks again. See you next time.